Good evening and welcome to Unbreak Your Health, the program about the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'm Alan Smith in Plano, Texas, author of Unbreak Your Health, the complete guide to complementary and alternative therapies, and this is July 31st, 2008. Tonight our topic is massage therapy, and our very special guest is Dr. Lena Gupta. Dr. Gupta is Doctor of Osteopathy and is the immediate past president of the American Massage Therapy Association. She's also Dean of the Massage Therapy Program at Lehigh Valley College. She received both her ND and DO degrees from the British College of Naturopathy and Osteopathy and received her degree in acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine from the British College of Acupuncture in London. She was born and raised in the UK and currently resides and practices in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I understand that massage therapy has actually been around for quite a long time, hasn't it? Well, actually, massage therapy is, in fact, one of the oldest healing methods. Even in medical textbooks um, of thousands of years ago, massage therapy was reported, uh, which was really called touch therapy in those days, as a very healing mechanism to treat patients. And also, Hippocrates, he is considered the father of medicine, referenced massage even before that, in the 4th century B.C. And in his writings, uh, which are quite famous today, he said, the physician must be acquainted with many things and assuredly with rubbing. And rubbing in nowadays terms, we consider that massage therapy and body work. Dr. Gupta, what exactly is a massage? Well, basically, massage therapy is the application of various techniques that are used to affect the muscles and the soft tissues of the body. So a massage therapist is going to primarily use their hands, and while they're massaging the body, they can directly affect the musculoskeletal system, which means the muscles and the bones, and also improve circulation and help detoxify the lymphatic system. It can also help to support the nervous system and basically is, has a very positive impact on people's overall health and well-being. Which I guess is part of the answer of why people get a massage. Yes, they, there's a lot of different reasons nowadays. Things have been changing in the massage therapy world as to why people do get a massage. At AMTA, we do various surveys, and we have found that almost uh, one-third of adult Americans say that they've used massage therapy for pain relief, and that uh, figure is just behind those who have turned to chiropractic or physical therapy. So massage therapy is really moving right up there in terms of how Americans viewing the health benefits of massage therapy and in people who have had at least one massage in the last five years, 30% of those report that they did so for health conditions like pain management and injury, rehabilitation, migraine headaches and overall wellness. So what used to be thought of perhaps as a maybe a beauty treatment or something that is solely for relaxation has really emerged now as a modality that can help to reduce pain and improve health and wellness. Any idea how many people are actually getting massage today in total numbers? We also do some surveys about that and there are some really 
staggering figures, uh, first of all, of the industry itself, which is a six to eleven billion dollar industry, and we have found that one in seven Americans are seeking out massage therapy, and that figure is in fact growing rapidly. There's there's actually in the population several million clients who are visiting massage therapists. What's the most common type of massage in America today? Well, that's a little bit of a difficult question to answer <laughs> because there are so many different modalities. So I'm not sure if I can honestly say what's exactly the most popular, but perhaps I can talk about some of the most popular modalities. And those are um, Swedish. Swedish is one of the most recognized forms of massage therapy. And that particular modality is originated um, for relaxation. Uh, it's a lot of long, soothing strokes of the body. And it, I would categorize that in the health and wellness realm of massage therapy. Now, that is very popular but I wouldn't necessarily say it's the most popular. It could be the most known about in society. But also, because Americans are looking to massage therapy as more of a clinical modality, therapists who do deep soft tissue, which is techniques used for muscle damage or injuries, is another very common modality. And I think close on the heels of that is sports massage, Nowadays, with sports events, you can see massage therapists uh, both at the beginning and the end of the race. And, you know, there are different protocols how to deal with athletes. So in terms of on-site massage sports is becoming very popular. And then a lot of athletes are also seeing their massage therapists for improving the muscle tone and endurance so that they can perform better. And um, probably one of the also emerging, let's say, types of massage therapy is chair massage, which you or your listeners may have seen in the airports. There are spas now in the airports and also in shopping malls. More massage therapists are taking their chair with them and providing massage therapy and through doing that, uh, really educating the public more about what the benefits of massage therapy is. More and more doctors I keep reading are beginning to appreciate the health benefits of massage, aren't they? Well, uh, I think that's becoming evident because more people are going to see and discuss with their healthcare provider the benefits of massage therapy. Um, it's about one in five Americans who are discussing with their doctors uh, the benefits that they're getting from massage therapy, and of that proportion, half of those, their physicians are recommending um, other patients to see massage therapists. So in terms of primary care, you know, these trends are really moving up, and uh, there's also more massage therapists receiving referrals from other healthcare professionals, which uh, currently is over 60%. Uh, of massage therapists are receiving referrals from medical healthcare professionals. And that's not just the only thing that's really happening in terms of primary care. A lot of hospitals are now integrating massage therapy into their wellness centers. 
Mm-hmm. And um, that has increased rapidly in the last two years. It's gone up about 30% from 2004 to 2006. And um, of those uh, hospitals, 71% of those uh, offer massage therapy for stress management, and about two-thirds of those offer it for pain management. So I think we are seeing that massage therapy is rapidly becoming more recognized and accepted, not just in society, but within the medical profession at large. Well, and you'd mentioned a minute ago about how some sports athletes are beginning to get the massage before they play, uh, in addition to afterwards, uh, to help prepare their bodies. Yeah, and I actually think that's more important than after, because after the event, uh, the muscles have already been um, strained and stretched and used, and after the event, it is more of a rehab and rebalancing approach, whereas if you can prepare the muscles for an activity, then not only can you increase stamina, but you can also increase the distance that a runner can run or the endurance that they may have during an event. Well, I think in the same line of thinking, a lot of hospitals, or at least I keep reading, that they're starting to implement massage therapy before a patient goes in for an operation to get them relaxed, to get their body more in tune and you know prepared for the event that's coming up and having tremendous results with it. Yes, absolutely. And there is a growing body of research that supports massage therapy. One of the difficulties, as I'm sure you know, Alan, in complementary and alternative medicine is that it is very difficult to research a modality or a treatment that is administered on an individual basis. Mm-hmm. It's very unlike the type of research we do in medicine, which the gold standard is often considered a double-blind control trial. Well, we can't really blind a person and determine what the effects are for massage therapy. It's very difficult to follow that model. But despite that, research has shown that massage therapy can help with patients who have fatigue related to cancer, also chronic lower back pain, osteoarthritis of the knee, pre- and post-operative, pre-operative as in what you were describing just now, but also help with post-operative pain management. Mm -hmm. And there's other research, too, that shows massage therapy can improve the immune system, it can help decrease the symptoms of carpal tunnel, can reduce anxiety and lower blood pressure in stroke patients, although that's true of the general population as well in terms of massage therapy reducing blood pressure. It can reduce headache, and there's a whole host of applications within the hospital environment. Listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast, then you'll love my new book. The second edition of How to Unbreak Your Health is your map to the world of complementary and alternative therapies. It features a new user-friendly format and 339 new and updated listings in 150 different categories. And you can get it on Amazon.com or at your local bookstore. Who actually gets a massage today? Is it primarily baby boomers like me that uh, need it for our aches and pains, or is it younger folks that are simply taking better care of themselves? Well, definitely baby boomers have been seen to have more massage than their younger counterparts, 
And the baby boomers are more likely to use massage for medical reasons. We found that in the age group of uh, 45 to 64, these people have an average of seven massages a year, and whereas with the younger age group, 18 to 44, they have about five. And among those who have had a massage in the last five years, the baby boomers have had an average of about 20 sessions, as compared to only 10, which is half the amount by the generation following them. So I, I find that very interesting in terms of the demographic of who's going to see a massage therapist. I don't, I'm, I'm surprised that the younger demographics are as high as they are. That's a, a pleasant bit of news. Yes. I mean, to be quite honest, Alan, over the last two to five years, all the statistics that surround massage therapy are both very staggering and very encouraging at the same time. And how many massage therapists do we have in the country today to take care of this swelling demand? <laughs> well, for our association, the American Massage Therapy Association, we have over 57,000 members who have attained a certain level of education. But we do estimate in the country that there is anywhere between 265,000 to 300,000 massage therapists, including uh, students who are currently enrolled in massage therapy programs. That's a huge number. It really is, and I, I believe it's going to continue to grow as the demand for massage therapy from the public continues to grow. Yeah, I was just going to point out that I was reading something recently that a lot of the therapists actually get into massage therapy as a second career, that they're doing it as a part-time in addition to working main jobs. So it obviously must be a very fulfilling part-time job. Well, I agree that it is a fulfilling part-time job, but there are also a lot of people who are transitioning from one career to another and developing their practice. Mm -hmm. So a lot of those people who are doing massage therapy part-time are also working towards building up their clientele in such a way that that can be their primary source of income. Which is, makes it a very interesting field that you can do that to transition so easily. In fact, in some cases, as you mentioned in your introduction, I'm the dean of a massage therapy program, and I have started noticing that people are even entering massage therapy as their third career and later in life. So it is really quite staggering. Also, yesterday, for example, I received a call from a spa in Pennsylvania who was looking for a, a massage therapist full-time with benefits at a you know, very well-compensated rate, I would say. And I was very pleased to find that spas are offering full-time jobs and so are other employers, chiropractors, in some cases hospitals. If we were talking five years ago, I would have to be saying there are no full-time opportunities. But that's another situation that is rapidly changing within the field of massage therapy. And to the benefit, obviously. Absolutely. I think it's uh, very, very important that employers take care of the massage therapist they employ in many different ways because the massage therapist is using their hands all the time. 
So there are a lot of considerations how to create longevity in the profession so that people are able to sustain doing this modality for many years. And that involves a lot of self-care, which we spend a great deal of time educating massage therapists how to take care of themselves so that they can take care of their clients. How are massage therapists licensed or registered around the country? That varies from state to state. Currently, there are 38 states that license massage therapy. And, you know, one of the values of being an AMTA member and one of the things we stand for is to really advocate for licensure in all states. In those states which are not licensed, usually massage therapy is regulated by a local ordinance or falls in the hands of the municipalities in terms of who can practice and who cannot practice. But we have had over the last three years about eight states pass licensing, and this is really a huge volunteer effort on the part of massage therapists themselves. I expect it to continue to, just like all other healthcare professions who have had to go through this process on a state-by-state basis, I anticipate that it's not too far into the future where we will see massage therapy license in all states. This is a profession where there is no downside. Everything is on the up and benefits not only the therapist but the public. And I think one of the primary reasons is that there's so much stress within society that it continues to feed the demand for massage therapy. What kind of questions should they ask during their first visit with a new therapist? Well, actually, I think there are a number of different things that listeners should be aware of in terms of getting the best out of their session. I mean, they certainly want to find somebody that they have good rapport with and that they're very receptive to. It's important that when people see a massage therapist, they don't eat just before they go for the session because they could be very, uh, you know, very uncomfortable while lying face down and that they uh, create time. If they make, for example, a 2 o'clock appointment, they should really plan to be there at 1.45. One of the things that people worry about the most is whether they have to completely get undressed Mm -hmm. And will they be draped? So that is to the comfort level of the client. It's probably the most frequently asked question that I get. And the client can, in fact, the mentor service will let the client know that if they're comfortable to fully undress, they can, or to undress to their level of comfort. And additionally, they will be draped by a top sheet. So that is something that they can clarify with the therapist. Also, they should do two things. They should let the massage therapist know their full medical history and anything that the therapist should be aware of. And during the session, especially the first session, the client should feel very free and open to let the massage therapist know if if, if there are any areas of tightness, tenderness, or pain, or if the therapist is applying too much pressure or making them uncomfortable in any way. And that's probably my most important message because some people will just go through the experience 
and not give the therapist feedback until the end, whereas the therapist expects to, particularly during the first session, which is more of a get-to-know-you session, will want to know how their pressure is and will want to assure that the client is comfortable at all times. Yeah, so they're, in other words, they're well-trained, but they're not mind readers. Yes, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dr. Gupta, thank you for taking the time to be with us this evening. I sure appreciate your talking with us about massage therapy. Well, Alan, it was truly my pleasure. And if anyone has any questions about massage therapy, please visit the AMTA website at www.amtamassage.org. You've been listening to another podcast edition of Unbreak Your Health, discovering the world of hope and health, known as complementary and alternative medicine. You can learn more about our guest tonight on the Unbreak Your Health website. Just look for the podcast page at www.unbreakyourhealth.com. We'd love to hear from you about tonight's show. Please send your questions or comments to info at unbreakyourhealth.com. Unbreak Your Health is a joint production of Unbreak Your Health and Loving Healing Press. Thank you for listening. I'm Alan Smith, and I look forward to being with you again soon.